0: The Holy Gospel for this Good Shepherd Sunday comes from John chapter 10. At that time, the festival of the dedication took place in Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was walking in the temple in the portico of Solomon. So the Jews gathered around him and said to him, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, I have told you and you do not believe. The works that I do in my Father's name testify to me. But you do not believe because you do not belong to my sheep. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. What my father has given me is greater than all else and no one can snatch it out of the father's hand. The father and I are one. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Dear friends in Christ, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Anyone who thinks that small things can't make a difference has never stepped barefoot on a Lego in the middle of the night. (laughs) I didn't come up with that quote, although I have experienced it and I can testify to its accuracy. It's one of many ways in which small things can make more of a difference than we might think in ways that are good and bad. A sliver, a really small one in your finger, or an eyelash in your eye. A brief smile from someone just when you needed one. That first sip of coffee in the morning. A tiny grain of sand inside your sock. Sort of a princess and the pea approach to life. That while we are often busy with the big things, it's the small things that are changing our lives all the time. Today, uh, last Sunday, excuse me, last Sunday, we talked about the smallest word in our mission statement, the word "we." We are called by the Holy Spirit to proclaim and embody the compassionate, challenging, inclusive love of God revealed in Jesus Christ." This means that technically we talked about the smallest word in the mission statement last week. We did that already. Today's word, which is highlighted on the front of your bulletin, like it was last week, is the second word. It's one letter longer. But it's probably easier to overlook the word are. We are called. Seems like kind of a throwaway word at first. I mean, you have to get from we to called somehow. Got to put something in there. And not really of any significance on its own. But there it is, like a little Lego on the floor. And it might be quite a bit more important than we think. After all, it doesn't say we were called. Although that's true, of course. This congregation has been, was called into a great many things over our life together. The Congregation of Holy Spirit Lutheran Church has been around since 1967. Really 1966, when people started gathering first. And through those decades, we've been called to all, all sorts of things. In those early years, we were called to form a new Christian community here in the Monita neighborhood. That started with a group of folks who met at Thoreau Elementary School until a building was eventually completed here in 1968. As a community, we were called to survive when this building was destroyed by fire in 1974. In the 1980s, among other things, we were called to welcome and accompany two refugee families from Vietnam. Vietnam. In 1998, we were called to become the first reconciling in Christ congregation on the East Side, that public statement of welcome and affirmation and love for the LGBTQ community. Now, that's just a few things. We could be here for a long time talking about all the things that we were, we have been called to do over the years. And I don't just bring that up as a history lesson, although that's kind of interesting, because our history is not just our past. It continues to form and shape who we are today, right now. Accompanying refugee families was in our DNA. So that when another opportunity arose for that work in 2017, we, we knew how to do it. Maybe even surviving the loss of this worship space in that fire was in our DNA. So that when we had to close the doors because of COVID in 2020, we knew that we could still be the people of God even if we didn't have a building. Now, whether you personally were around for those past events or not, we have about 25 Holy Spirit members who have been around since at least 1977. So some of us have been here for all of that. Many of us have not. Whether you are here or not, our history always shapes our present and it goes with us into the future. And we have an amazing history to build on in this community. But the mission statement doesn't say we were called. It also doesn't say we will be called. I mean, that's also true, of course. God is always calling us into new things, and that will go on long after you and I are no longer here. God is always pushing us beyond our comfort zones, leading us with good courage into the next thing, even when we're not completely sure what it is. So sure, we can say we will be called as a community into all kinds of things that we haven't yet seen. I mean, think about who could have envisioned some of what this community has done when it first started. When people started gathering at Thoreau Elementary, who could have envisioned that one day we would be called into Zoom Bible studies and having communion at your kitchen table for a year and a half? When Holy Spirit was formed in 1967, the Lutheran Church wasn't ordaining women yet. That was three years away. So who would have thought that we'd be one of the first congregations in the Synod to have a team of female pastors? (laughs) Hold on. When a handful of families began gathering at Thoreau Elementary, who would have thought that they'd be called into a community of 1,200 plus people? Of all ages and genders and abilities (coughs) and identities and aspirations. When the building burned down, who would have thought, I bet one day we'll be called to live stream worship on our phones? No one would have understood a single word in that sentence. In the same way, you and I can't know what we will be called into in the future, not entirely. We're starting to think about how we will be called into mending and repairing the world. Maybe we'll be called to put solar panels on the building, use a lot less paper, carpool or walk or bike to church so that we can reduce our use of fossil fuels. We wonder how we'll be called to speak for justice in the future as we have in the past, tear down our old ways and build new ones. To become a more diverse congregation and be changed as a result of that. How will we be called to worship or teach or preach or or learn or gather differently so that our welcome can be even wider and closer to God's? We will be called, for sure. And we're listening for how. But the mission statement doesn't say we will be called. It says we are. It's possible that you, like me, occasionally look at the present moment, I mean really look at it square in the face, the state of the world and our lives right now, and you say to yourself, no thank you. That frankly you'd rather dwell in the past or in the future. After all, the past is a known factor, even the parts of it we didn't like very much. And the future is open. Even the parts of it we're not able to guess at. But the present is kind of a mess. (laughs) It feels right now like the world has been shaken like a snow globe and we're still waiting for everything to settle. Many of us feel kind of unprepared to tackle the problems in front of us. The world that we were trained for, the world we expected, is not the one we have. That's not all bad. If the world was great for you ten years ago, it probably wasn't great for someone else. And if we are learning more about how to recognize that, if the turmoil of these last few years has opened our eyes to that, then that's a great opportunity to make real and lasting change. We can't fix things until we know that they are broken. But over and over again in this moment, I hear many people, many of you say, I'm tired. I am overworked. I am burned out. That you pivoted and changed almost every part of your life in early 2020 and you've never been able to catch your breath since. Haven't had time to think about what we really lost or what the long-term impacts of this time are going to be. That you don't really know how to do your job anymore or parent anymore or go to church anymore or be in a room of people anymore. And many of us are afraid that that will never come back that it will feel this unpredictable and tense and unsettled forever. It's no wonder that some among us would like to go back to an imaginary past where things felt familiar, and others among us are eager to skip to the future where masks will never be needed again, whenever that might be. But that's not where we are. We are here and now. And we are called to this moment. As I mentioned earlier, this is the Sunday of the church year that we always call Good Shepherd Sunday. It always comes on this right in the middle of the Easter season. And whatever else we've been reading, we pause for a little bit and we read from this 10th chapter of the Gospel of John. And we read the hopeful, beautiful words of Psalm 23. We hear about how Jesus calls himself a good shepherd and how God walks with us even into the valley of the shadow of death and sets a table for us in the midst of chaos and enemies. When we put those words and those images next to our mission statement, we start to notice that there's a connection here. Something is in common. A little thing, like a Lego block just waiting to wake you up, though hopefully with less yelling and swearing. We read, the Lord is my shepherd. I give them eternal life. The Father and I are one. Now, as a Christian tradition, we spend a lot of time in the past. We do old stuff. We read old stories. We sing old songs. We share an old meal. We follow old patterns. We also spend a lot of time in the future. We are always thinking about what God is Yet, doing how we can be a part of what God is up to in the world. We listen for God's vision and God's dream. And those are both good things our past and our future. But for now, God will not let us forget that we are called right now and right here. And that's where God shows up. Jesus doesn't say, I was or I will be the good shepherd, he says, I am. He doesn't say, you once did, or someday you might, if you shape up, belong to me. He says, you do. The psalm doesn't say, the Lord was, or the Lord might someday be my shepherd. It says, the Lord is. The psalm doesn't tell us that God used to, or someday will, prepare a table, but that God does it right now. That means that you, in this moment, right where you are, you belong. If you think you have too many doubts, or if you worry that the church is someday going to change so much you won't recognize it anymore, you belong. If you've been in this room more times than you can count, or if you walked in here the first time today, or if you were at home or anywhere in the world joining by live stream, you belong. If you are carrying secrets that think that they might eat you alive from the inside or if you are so joyful today you can hardly hold it in or if you feel so crippled by anxiety it's kind of a wonder you got out of bed you belong You who can't wait for Mother's Day brunch later this morning and you for whom Mother's Day is a day of heartache and pain you belong You who would really rather dwell in the past, and you who are pointing yourself squarely at the future, you belong. We are called, as we are, right now. God does not wait for us to be ready, which is good, we never never would be. God does not need us to be perfect, which is very good, we surely never will be. Instead, right now we have, we are given the gift of one another and this community as we are to nurture and to sustain. And we are given a world in need of hope and a mission to share. We are called into the world as it is and as we are in ways that are big and small for which we can say, thanks be to God. Amen.